as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and save your seat for our january cohort your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today so mike today we've got some pretty heavy confessions all right but i also hear we have the perfect guest to help make some sense of them is that right yeah we do we do actually uh someone who knows a lot about balance and change which we'll get to uh but first let me ask you what was it like when you first had to balance working with your kids at home all the time it was not easy if i'm being honest i mean i, I remember in the early days of COVID, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, March through May of 2020. Uh, my kids had a schedule, you know, for the virtual schooling that they had to take part in and, you know, what classes they had to log into and when. But even aside from that, outside of school, you know, my kids would just be messing with each other. I mean, I have a five-year-old yeah. daughter and an eight-year-old son and 
that's what siblings like to do with each other. So we had our own schedule at home, right? There are certain things that they had to do throughout the entire day. And we had to constantly monitor that while we were both paying attention to our own jobs. And both my wife and I were trying to sort of pivot our own jobs at that time because we were really impacted by COVID. So yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't like thinking about that time if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it was, it was tough. We lost the schedule too. And uh, we did the best we could, but it's, it's been a long year and a half. Yeah. It's, it's a lot balancing work and homeschooling, no matter what they say, zoom is just not a replacement for a classroom. No, not at all. And Hey, do you remember going to conferences? <sighs> of course I do. <laughs> I used to throw two conferences a year. Well, we're going to discuss some actually bad conference behavior and whether this one CEO handled it the right way. Okay. Well, let's roll into the intro right now. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective. We are your hosts, Michael Saka. And I'm Mike Belsito. Okay, so we've got two confessions in the books for today, and we've got the perfect guest to help us make sense of them. Someone who has lived in six states since the start of the pandemic, someone who left their corporate job after nearly eight years in November of 2020, and all of this with three kids in tow. Yeah, that's right. She's the former VP of marketing at The Knot and the current founder and CEO of House of Wise, a CBD brand for women. Let's welcome Amanda Gets to the show. Hey, everyone. I'm the founder and CEO of House of Wise, which is a luxury CBD company helping women to take control of their sleep, sex, stress, and wealth. Um, so we're building this with a team of micro affiliates, women all over the U.S. who try the product, love it, and they want to share it with their friends and family. We're incredibly excited to have you on today. Let's jump into the first confession, one we're calling... I can't manage anymore. I work as a senior designer at a fang company. It's challenging and I really enjoy my life at work. That's not why I'm writing you today. The problem is, since COVID and the pandemic, I've had my daughter at home with me almost full time. She's in elementary school and I didn't feel comfortable sending her back, so she's in a remote learning class. I'm a single father and sole caregiver which has been incredibly hard to balance. I'm constantly bouncing between work and her to make sure she has what she needs. On more than one occasion, I've had to remove myself from meetings, go on mute or hide my video in order to find her next worksheet or set up an activity. I'm constantly on edge and completely unable to do any type of deep work and find a good flow. Sometimes my mother comes over and helps but I'm not sure you can even call it that. It's honestly worse when she's here with constant interruptions and lack of boundaries. I really can't wait until we're back in the office and schools are safe enough for my daughter to attend, hopefully soon. In the meantime, any tips on how to better manage this situation? I can't be the only one. Okay, so there's a lot going on here. I think we can all relate a little bit to this one. Amanda, what was your initial reaction? I mean, my heart just like hurts for him because I can relate immensely. Um, at the start of COVID, I had three kids, two of which one was in preschool, one was in um, first grade, and neither one of them liked Zoom. And I had to literally sit next to them and I'm trying to, you know, I'm managing the knot, which is a wedding company where 
hundreds of thousands of weddings are being canceled left and right because of COVID and like everybody needs me there and the kids needed me. So my heart goes out to this guy. Um, and there's like no one solution for this situation because every freaking day is different in what fire drill comes at you and you literally can't prepare for it. Like there were days that I'm like trying to be on a call to like our entire company and then like a kid falls down like two stairs and is screaming their head off and wants me and you can't you can't prepare for that stuff. So that's the hard part. So I would say one is having a really, really honest conversation with your boss about what you're dealing with because part of it is you can't hide that you're struggling because if you try to hide it, no one's going to have empathy for it because they won't know. And that was a big thing for me even prior to COVID when I went through my divorce and I only had my kids 50% of the time. On the days that I had them, I left work at 3.30, 4 o'clock sometimes because I was like, I want to maximize that time. And it wasn't like a sneak out situation. It was a, guys, I'm going to go be with my kids for the next four hours. I'll be back online. If something's urgent, text me. But this is important to me and I'm going to do it. If you need anything from me, here's how to contact me. And so I did two things, right? I like didn't try to hide what was going on in my life, but instead just like said it outwardly. So people didn't, because in the absence of information, people people make up their own information, sure. right? Yeah. And then the second thing is I make sure that there's like clear expectations of when someone can reach me or how. And so I was like, I'll be back online at 8.30 when they go to bed. And if you need something in the meantime, I'll have my phone on me. So text me. And that needs to be the same thing right now in this COVID environment of what are the expectations? Now, the the like deep work piece, he's not going to like my answer because it sucks. But I get up before my kids get up for mm -hmm. two hours that like that's 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. window is honestly one of my only windows that I can truly do like con like continuous work where no one needs a freaking waffle or like whatever <laughs> from me. So you've got to figure out when you can do that. And then the rest of the day you're on defense, meaning you are taking what's coming at you and just like trying to field everything, but you've already gotten the, those like one to two like deep work projects done in the morning. And then my last piece of advice is go to freaking bed at 8 30, 9 o'clock at night, because without that foundation of sleep, everything spirals. Like if you try to like do things at night when you're exhausted and you're just like on the couch, it's not good. So just go to sleep. Like and, and then everything kind of builds off of that. You have that like sleep foundation. You're getting up early. You're getting your deep work done. And then the rest of the day, you're like, I'm okay. Just like blocking and tackling. One other thing I th think maybe this person can realize is again, they're, they're definitely not alone. There are so many people that have, uh, that are going through this, that have gone through it. Um, and maybe finding those people, like there might be other ideas. There might be other like neat yeah. ideas that you haven't thought of before, like find those people and, and connect with them and, um, I, maybe there's Facebook groups. Actually, I know in the beginning of the pandemic, there was like a local Facebook group here that started. It was like called Camp Quarantine or something. And then it blossomed into like 10,000 parents. And so maybe that's another idea too. Yeah, 100%. And also just like knowing that this is a chapter and that mm. if your kid watches TV, you know, for a little bit longer than you'd like, 
but you were about to lose your marbles, like it's okay to be in survival mode right now. And we're all doing that and that this will end. And I think reminding myself that this is going to end like my kids, cause I'm homeschooling them right now. Cause zoom just did not work. My kids were starting to hate learning. And I was like, that's not the point here. And so we're homeschooling them. And I'm like, we will, they will get back into a school in the fall. This is just one season of life. And that helps me. I kind of just remind myself like this, this is going to end. This is not forever. Which is great because also in the beginning of the pandemic, we didn't have that. We didn't have that like glimmer of hope in front of us. I mean, we no. you know, it wouldn't be forever, but like didn't know when it might end. So yeah, I think you're right. I think that could be super helpful now. I like the beginning of the pandemic as a parent was like, go start running a race and we're never going to tell you when the race is going to end, but keep running. And you're like, okay, I just hit the 13 mile mark. Is this a marathon? Is this a half marathon? Like what am I? And people are like, I'm not going to tell you, just keep going. And you're like, I'm so tired. You are so right on that. I, it, yeah. And at least now we can see, we, we don't know where that finish line is, like what mile marker, but it's we can see it at right. least. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah. you can hear the crowd. It's yeah. coming. <laughs> you just don't know where it is. You're, you're almost there. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back after a quick break. Well, welcome back. Uh, we'll go right into the second confession and it has to do with some inappropriate let's just call it predatory behavior that would be more accurate predatory behavior at a conference specifically and like it's not uncommon for conference parties to run late into the night but this story is unfortunately all too common here's the confession we're calling bad partner before covid we could stuff 5,000 people into a conference hall i used to love organizing our company's annual customer conference there is one incident that still haunts me though after one of our after parties last year, I took some of our partners out for a nightcap with a few teammates. Everyone seemed to be having a good time and we all walked back to the hotel together. From what I've heard, one of the reps from a partner company, who was a big advertiser on our platform, got off the elevator at one of my female coworkers' floors and followed her back to her room. He ended up in her room and Luckily, another coworker who she was sharing the room ended up chasing him off. Thank God. She shared this with me several weeks later. She was embarrassed and didn't want word to get out that this had happened to her. I brought it to HR, and it came up in a meeting with our CEO about whether we should continue working with this partner. It was decided that, because she never made a formal complaint, we would continue working with them. But just be careful at our conference next year. I always felt like we should have cut ties with them, or at least insisted that the rep wasn't invited to our conference next year. That's it. I wish we fired them, but maybe that's too extreme. All right, Amanda, when you heard this confession, what was going through your head? So the first thing that goes through my mind is just, she's not the only woman that's ever experienced something like this. And it's really, really sad that this stuff happens more than we'd like to even acknowledge. And so the fact that she was embarrassed, like if she's like listening to this, just know that you're not the only person that this has happened to and it's totally not your fault and it's unacceptable. So that's first. Second, I think this really sheds light on the role and responsibility of HR and that they have to have a very good relationship with your employees 
where it creates a safe space because she was embarrassed and she didn't file the formal complaint, which does create this harder thing for the company to act on. And so that relationship with your staff and their HRBPs or, or whatever you want to call them, their HR reps, whether you have one for each function or just one for the whole company, creating that safe place where it's like almost almost like a therapist, but like if something happens, you should feel totally comfortable going to that person and 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 saying, I need advice. And so companies need to be very aware that this is the type of scenario that if you don't have a strong HR to staff connection, that things can go wrong. Okay, so let's say that that was the case and there was that strong connection and she did feel comfortable talking to her HRBP. Then as a company, you have to put your people before your profit. And if you don't, you don't stand for anything and you don't you're not setting any precedent and so once a formal complaint is filed then it's on the either hr to contact the other company's hr and file that like formal complaint to say that this person acted inappropriately like and then at, say like something needs to happen and make sure that there are repercussions for it and if they don't take repercussions then you say okay, well, we don't want to work with a company that doesn't hold their employees to the same standards that we do. And so I think that there is this like very easy, like logic tree that you go through in a scenario like this, that you constantly have at the heart of it, of like your people come first and you're going to protect your people. We spend way too much time at work to not feel safe and protected by our company. Yeah, absolutely. This, it, it it feels like it starts at the CEO too, right? Like um, we know this is a systemic issue, right? And and so had the CEO taken action, I think it would have meant something for the future incidents that happen within the company too, as people would know where they stand. But now it kind of creates a murky, a murky gray area, right? Where HR doesn't even know if I bring it to the CEO, are they going to do anything? Yeah, that's not a good, I mean, the HR person needs to know that, I mean, the CEO needs to hire people that reflect their values. And if this just shows if the CEO doesn't have the same values and isn't protecting their people, then then it's not a cultural fit for that woman. She should no longer work there. Yeah. Like you as a woman today, like given everything that's happened, you know, even recently, uh, you need to feel safe at work. Like full stop. And so the fact that she doesn't feel protected and that if this were to happen again, that anything would happen, like that's not okay. Yeah. It seems like the CEO might be thinking that the only negative here is like, oh, we could lose this big customer. But the problem with thinking of that is like, now you're probably going to lose good people. I can't imagine this woman is going to want to stay there. And but not just the woman, like the person who submitted the complaint in the first place, other people that are hearing about this, like word gets around, you're going to end up losing a lot of good people by doing nothing. 100%. This is human, like putting humans first. It's like at the start of like Black Lives Matter when companies were like, I, you know, we don't get into politics. And it's like, this is not a political issue. This is like human rights. And if you don't stand up, you're going to lose way more people than if you speak up. And so I, I think it's, it, 
you have to keep looking at these things of like, what will happen if I don't stand up for what's right? Yeah, absolutely. The the short term gain of keeping the client on. We're in COVID now, but we're going to go back to these conferences where there's too much alcohol, too many bad decisions. It's going to happen. The companies need to be be prepared. And um, yeah. hopefully person listening has has found a better company. We'll be right back after a quick break. Okay, those are two confessions. I'm sure a lot of listeners could relate to at least in some way, uh, one way or the other. And now it's the time of the show where we reflect on our two takeaways from our discussion with Amanda Getz. Yeah, and you know, I'll go first. Uh, my takeaway is going to come from that first confession, and that's we all need to be kind to each other. Even as everything starts to open up again and every person we interact with, we have to remember they've been through some stuff in the past year. I mean, it's amazing that we all managed to survive and have actually come out on the other side with at least some of our sanity in place. But so many people over the last year were not only working a full-time job, but were simultaneously trying to keep everything in their household from falling apart. All of this while trying to manage their own mental health. And it's not like our jobs have lowered expectations for us. Everyone's been expected to perform at the same level as before the pandemic began. So once you can... Maybe hug your neighbor, you know, be, be kind to your coworkers and <laughs> let's just all help each other recover from this last year and a half. I like that. I like that. So I'll take mine from the second confession. This one, I honestly don't know why companies are still tolerating behavior like this. It doesn't matter if they filed a formal complaint or not. Employee safety and well-being should be the top priority for the CEO. And it's obviously not. Uh, they were fine letting the vendor off the hook with a technicality, leaving this partner to pry on other women at the next conference or any night out, really, um, with absolutely no consequences. And while, look, we're, we're all disgusted at the partner's actions, I'm disappointed that the CEO chose profit over the well-being of their employees. Maybe, I don't know, they're not ready to make these types of decisions. Something similar happened at a company that I worked at, and we did end up cutting ties with the vendor. Now, it's going to take a lot more than this one CEO making the right choice to change this type of behavior. But for those listening who are in a position to stand up for those that are vulnerable, who may not feel like they have a voice or that anyone cares, please do. There are many reasons why someone would not come forward with a formal complaint, maybe painful or embarrassing. So if we know something untoward happened, let's do the right thing and take action for them. I can definitely get behind that. All right. Well, until next time, we've been Michael Saka and Mike Belsito for Rocketship.fm, and we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Rocketship.fm. It is your support that keeps the show going. If you can, take a second and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps out the show so much. We're also part of the Podglomerate Network, and if you'd like to listen to more great shows from the Podglomerate, go to the podglomerate.com to see the full show listings. Rocketship.fm is produced in partnership with Product Collective, a community for product people. Go to productcollective.com and get access to our weekly newsletter, live video interviews, Slack community, product job board, and a whole lot more. Again, just go to productcollective.com.